Hey guys, and welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Johnson. We are here again at the studio bringing you some more fire podcasts. But today I have a very special guest and somebody different, not quite the whole scooter industry that you're used to. So today I have James Carter. He is a professional FMX rider. He's ridden in Nitro Circus and he has a variety of other shows that he performs for all around the world. He's just a really cool guy, really inspirational, has a lot to say, and he's just a really good role model for a lot of people. So I'm really excited to show you guys this podcast. Also, podcast is up on anywhere you find podcasts. Please, if you haven't already, follow me on Apple Podcasts and give me five stars. That really helps the podcast grow, and it'd just be awesome if you could do that. Also, leave a comment for who you'd like to see on the podcast next and what you like and what you don't like about the podcast. This one was all done in the studio. So the video on YouTube should be better for this one. And yeah, it's just, it's going to be a great, great learning experience for all of us. I learned a lot. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. Let's get right into the podcast. It's the Outlook Podcast. Who are you with the Outlook Podcast? Just as good for you. We're talking to cool people. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. I'm here with James Carter. He is a professional FMX rider and a really cool guy, and I'm excited to talk to him. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, what all do you do from your words? So, um, I mean, with Freestyle Motocross, uh, yeah, jump a dirt bike and jump over 70 feet and uh, about 30 feet high, uh, doing tricks, doing shows uh, around the world. Nice. Awesome. Um, how long have you been riding? Uh, let's see. Started riding whenever I was 10 years old uh, on a little PW50 and um, kind of, yeah, moved up from there on to uh, bigger bikes, of course. And then yep. uh, professionally now since 2008. Oh, nice. So, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of started jumping a ramp 2007 and okay. uh, got hurt that year. So I wasn't really, of course, focused on it, but I was trying to do it. That's what I yeah. always wanted to do. So, um, yeah, 2008, I got offered some shows in uh, North Dakota, uh, Canada. Um, gosh, yeah, all over, all around the the northern uh, U.S. So, was told pretty much get a passport and um, yeah, yeah, we would move on. Awesome. Um, who are your sponsors, and how does that really work to get those sponsors? So uh, right now with sponsors, uh, I have Monument Health, which is a amazing company, and uh, they've been actually sponsoring the Deadwood show that I put on uh, in Deadwood, and um, they came to me about a personal sponsorship. So um, yeah, Monument Health Sports Institute uh, here in Rapid City, uh, Cadillac Jacks Gaming Resort up in Deadwood. Uh, we have Parts Unlimited, uh, Pure Canna, CBD, um, trying to think it's mostly you know with parts unlimited that's where we get our thor gear helmets boots um pretty much the whole kit uh a graphics company out of uh canada which is m7 graphics um yeah those are mostly the main ones right there yeah how did it go who was your first sponsor and how did you kind of how did that whole thing work and like i don't really know the fmx world so, um, I just, I, I'm really interested in how that kind of all plays out. You know, 
trying to figure out sponsors at the time of um, when we when I just started. It was of course super tough, and gosh, there was websites where you would log into it and uh, you can kind of create an account. And at that time, I just thought that was always, you know, we're not. Of course, we love discounted items, but I wanted more than that. I thought that uh, if I could reach out to companies in my own way, then I would feel better and uh, I would get a better deal. So um, I kind of started trying to figure out ways of creating a marketing deck and uh, get it sent over to um, motorcycle companies at the time. Uh, But the first sponsor started actually here in Rapid City, which was MX Connection. And uh, Gage over there did my first show there and um, he was helping me out quite a bit. So I was kind of able to see his reaction on what I was creating and him saying, you know, we've never really seen this from riders. So, um, yeah, I kept trying to just create better, uh, marketing decks, which would, uh, kind of describe who I was, uh, the shows I was doing, where I was going. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's always a a huge thing, almost, you know, a a resume for going to a job or a business or any of that. You need that type of uh, deal. So somebody can see who you are. So yeah, I created um, that and I just kept figuring out a little more each year. And uh, whenever it comes to action sports, I feel uh, companies are looking for the following year by October, September, October. So I was always, yeah, trying to get that done by September, October and search for more sponsors, same sponsors. And um, if something didn't work out that year, then of course, switch it up. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, I, I've always like, you spend most of your time upside down. You're doing backflips and all sorts of that kind of stuff. How did the process of learning your first backflip go? I could imagine it'd be like the scariest thing you've ever done. So yeah, um, I was almost, I wasn't forced to do it, but, uh, I was told that if, um, if I didn't start doing backflips, uh, during events, since so many people were doing it at the time, um, which was 2000, I would say 2010. I should have wrote all this down just so yeah, I knew no. timelines. Uh, but of course, you know, time flies by and yeah, you lose sure. track of what, what year it was or any of that. Um, but yeah, 2010, I started, uh, went to a foam pit, which was down in, uh, Oklahoma city or sorry, uh, what was it? Right out Steelwater, Oklahoma, oh, gotcha. uh, Kenny Bartram's house. Oh, okay. And, uh, pretty much, yeah, was told I have almost a day to try to learn it. So, uh, myself and Derek Cook, who is, uh, from Oklahoma as well, uh, went to the foam pit, super scary, not fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first day I couldn't get it figured out on, um, rotating all the way. So I had in my mind that I was so worried about landing upside down that all I was doing was, um, landing upside down, which that, you know, that mental mindset of trying to switch it was, was tough. So yeah, I kept landing upside down. Finally, the last one of the, the night I upside down was stuck in the foam pit, nobody to help grab me out of there, which on a bike and you're jumping that high into that, you, you really get stuck down in there. So, um, Derek uh, was in the skid steer with the lift on it, trying to get me to grab the rope as I'm buried. Gas is pouring on me. Um, <laughs> scariest thing ever because, yeah. of course, those things can catch on fire super easy as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah I finally was able to get out. I pulled something in my neck and uh, 
but I was like, well, I'm going to have to come back the next day anyway. So try to really like that night, get my mindset to say, okay, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to land upright every single time. And, um, so yeah, the next day came back and, uh, pretty much, yeah, landed every single one upright. And, uh, there was a dirt landing right around the corner. So I was able to jump in the foam pit, go around, jump the dirt landing. So I would, yeah, flip in the foam pit, straight jump the dirt landing. And finally, probably close to sundown, you know, spending a good 10 hours in the foam pit. Yeah. Uh, the guys were pretty much telling me, Kenny Bartram, all of them were saying, now you're just wasting gas jumping in the foam pit. So yeah, yeah I fo- finally pulled it and said, you know what, I'm just going to flip into the foam pit once, turn my gas back on, turn and, and flip the dirt jump and, or sorry, the, the ramp to dirt. And yeah, uh, yeah pulled off the first one and best feeling in the, yeah. the world. And uh, yeah. Yeah, was was awesome at that time, and uh, since then I have not jumped in a foam pit. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was not. They look fun, BMX scooters, that yeah. type of stuff, funnest oh, I, thing ever. But on a dirt bike that weighs two hundred and fifty pounds and gas is pouring out, and you're worried about something catching on fire, and uh, yeah, just kind of. Because you've been on. you've been flipping like dirt jumpers and BMX bikes for a while, haven't you? I never did end up doing it, and I actually was on uh, Nitro uh, 2013, and uh, we were in Australia, and uh, our wheelie actually got us all scooters, and <laughs> I actually had that plus a uh, BMX bike I bought over there. So yeah. I was there for three months, and there was a skate park not too far. So during the week uh, when we had time off, we would go to the skate park, and I'm like this is what I want to do. I want to want to flip a scooter and a BMX bike. So yeah. kept doing it. And yeah, we finally went to the Resi Met and uh, landed the first one. And it's, it's so much different going from a big bike and flipping a BMX bike because yep. the big bike, you're kind of, you're leaning with it. And you're, of course you have the gas to, to pull you around to where BMX bike was kind of, you're not leaning onto your back wheel like a dirt bike. So, no, uh, completely different, but best. I'm, I, yeah, that's, yeah, one of my favorite things to go and do is, uh, ride BMX bikes. So, yeah, and got to flip the scooter, which was yeah. <laughs> always super cool too. But, uh, I think flipping the scooter is the hardest thing out of all of them. So, it's like you have to purposely like under rotate so that you don't loop out. Yeah. It's so weird. I know. And that's what I feel like we kept doing a few of us where, we would almost like over rotate super easy. And then if you landed on the back wheel, of course, you're going to just, it's going to go out from underneath you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was actually like cool to, to learn. And every time into the foam pit at first, my feet were flying off of the scooter. So, oh yeah, yep. of course you're just letting yep. it kind of fly up above you, but yeah, it all worked out super well. And cool. Um, yeah, I mean, still to this day, I feel like those are the, anything with two wheels i'm all about it yep exactly um so back to the fmx bike like do you shift midair while you're doing a flip nope so okay. uh, always with fmx well I, not always but most of the time uh at a 75 foot gap which is the normal standard for any type of demo show yeah uh, there are guys that ride it closer and um but 75 foot 70 to 75 feet uh at an event is always second gear 
Um, there were times where, uh, like no handed flips and certain flip tricks, you would hook under the shifter and yeah. shift into third mid it upside down. Yeah. But then you're not going at the ramp in third gear. Uh, I think a couple guys still, uh, shift down to first and then click up and keep their foot under the shifter and yeah. go at the ramp that way. But, um, I've never been a fan of that. So I actually have a special device on the bike that uh, I just kick up and um, it actually holds my foot in there instead of trying to oh, shift or anything. Okay. And, and then you're not putting so much pressure on that uh, uh, shifter itself. So. Yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite favorite trick now? I almost want to say still uh, to this day would be a holy grab and uh, yeah. letting go of the bike completely. And um, I think that that's just... A cool feeling and when you see it in video or photos or anything it's always crazy to think that you can let go of a bike completely and fly through the air almost yeah. like superman and grab back on last second and get back to the bars yeah, those, so, yeah. those tricks are crazy i've always seen them um it's kind of like a rock solid and then you let go or? yeah okay yeah. so uh, a whole there's rock solid where you kind of you can either ladder back to the the back of the seat and then let go from there or you let go of the bars, which would be a holy grab, and kind of stretch your arms out and then uh, grab back onto the back of the seat. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. We'll Sweet. have to add some video to it. Yeah, so right. Can, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll throw, some, yeah. throw some video in. Um, talk about your Deadwood All-In show. Yeah, so uh, Deadwood All-In is a freestyle motocross show. Uh, we bring in uh, about 10 FMX guys, uh, two snowmobiles. Uh, last year we had a razor side-by-side -side flip. Uh, the year before that we had front flip. Um, we try to go all out with this thing and make yeah. it the, the coolest show around. And, um, you know, I was kind of reached out to after we did a show here in Rapid City, which was a, a nitrous circus show. And, uh, the city of Deadwood reached out to me and, um, asked if I would put on a show up in Deadwood. You know, I was hesitant because uh, I'm not a promoter really yeah. on that part of it. So I was like, well, kind of pushed it to the side and didn't think anything of it. Well, they came back to me and asked if I wanted to, to still try to do anything. So, yeah, we came up with a plan for uh, Deadwood All In, um, brought in uh, all these guys from around the world. And we, yeah, created the, I want to say, one of the best shows in the Midwest. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't think anybody else besides Nitro Circus is really doing a show like this. So I feel like that, of course, is a big advantage. And, um, you know, this year we're shooting for uh, June 5th in Deadwood. And uh, normally we're, we're a different time of the year. So this is going to be the first time at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, June 5th, uh, we're going to have... Uh, this, which I've been wanting to do for, for years now is, uh, we have, uh, BMX riders, uh, hopefully you on yeah. your scooter. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest things is Cody and yourself there and, uh, yeah. being from Rapid City areas, uh, yeah, that's going to be huge. So, um, yeah, we're bringing in BMX. Uh, I want to say we have 11 FMX guys right now, a snowmobile, we're having uh, Blake Bilko Williams from Australia, Jared McNeil from Australia, uh, Wanky from Japan, uh, Jeremy Twitchtenberg, Axel Hodges. This is, I want to say, is going to be a whole nother level. Of, yeah. Uh, 
it's a almost a trying to put this show all together is like trying to figure out okay who is going to be the one to take care of everyone yeah. and, and make sure everything's lined up so yeah. yeah as of right now i'm getting a a full show plan together and um pretty much the the three months before the show that's what i just focus on is uh try to put this all together and make sure yeah. everyone's happy well, I'm sure from competing or not competing, but being in the Nitro Circus show, you kind of saw some of that from a different perspective as like the athlete's perspective. How are things different in like being the one who kind of puts it together? Like what have you noticed in that kind of respect? I'm, it definitely makes me uh, respect promoters a lot more. And um, yeah. whenever you see the whole behind the scenes, which I would love to show people one day is it's, I mean, there's quite a bit of stress. The, the reward is, is awesome, of course, but, um, yeah, trying to run around day of and, uh, days before of getting everything lined up and just making sure that, you know, you never want to disappoint the riders. You want to make it as easy as possible. And, um, so now that I see that side of it, I'm like, man, you got Nitro Circus, which is a, probably a good million dollar, uh, show that's all put together their landings are built uh the best as possible um and they're doing it not only in one place but around the world to where deadwood all in we're just doing it in one spot so um i would love one day i think to to take it to other places but as of right now we just want to stick to the deadwood area and um get people to come check out you know what the black hills is is all about and and that's our main main focus of course is Let's get all these people that have never been to South Dakota. And um, I think we got on the map pretty good this year with uh, all of COVID stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, you know, last year bringing in uh, Taka from Japan, he was never really traveled around the U.S. to see places like this. So yeah. he got to come up here and uh, experience what it was like. And um, he just loved it. He couldn't believe it. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. And then, uh, you know, the year before that, I... Uh, had Black Hills Harley um, give us about 10 Harleys and took all these guys on a Harley ride through the Black Hills and up to Mount Rushmore. So that was always, I feel like, kind of a goal to show like, okay, this is what South Dakota is. Because anytime I tell someone I'm from South Dakota, they're like, wait, South Carolina is, where's that at? Or they they start naming (laughs) different places. So um, yeah, it's cool to to have everyone here. And um, I think as time goes that this show is just going to get bigger and better. Yeah. You, uh, you're from California originally, right? Yes. Yep. So uh, you've lived here for a while and you came back here after traveling all this, these different places. Why did you choose to stay here? Um, yeah, I moved uh, to South Dakota when I was about 13, 14 years old. Um, of course, growing up in Southern California, that's the place that you go to ride pretty much. And that's when you talk about dirt bikes, everybody thinks Southern California. Um, but it honestly was the best thing that I think my parents ever did for us. And, uh, if it wasn't for moving here, I don't think I would be where I am today. And, uh, you know, there's so much to that on the thinking because you're going to South Dakota, not knowing anyone, maybe nobody even knows about dirt bikes up there was the first thought as a kid. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's been the best thing. And that's what, you know, I wanted to go back to California just to keep on riding uh, at the age about 17, 18. And then um, I was always back and forth from there to here. 
And then 2015, I just said, you know what? I I think I'm ready to just move back. I wasn't going yeah. to until I was completely done with writing. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I just felt like I was renting a house in California. It was crazy expensive. Um, I was hardly ever there. So it was pretty much like renting a house to store everything and yeah. um, traveling every weekend, uh, constantly gone. And uh, I felt like I was missing out on things up here. And uh, yeah, so 2015, I just honestly dropped everything pretty much, packed everything up in California and left. And um, yeah, I came back home and bought a house. Uh, finally got a, a writing spot figured out uh, at a friend's house uh, nice. in Whitewood. And um, yeah, just you know, felt like I could create what I, I was doing down there and create it here. And um, writing never slowed down. I just feel like the the practicing is what slowed down. So yeah. um, I get to practice as much as I want to in the summertime. Once winter hits, I just kind of, yeah, go back down to California or go somewhere where it's uh, nice out. Yeah. Well, being more into the action sports industry than I am, um, I'm wondering what your opinion is on the future of action sports and where you see action sports in the next 10 years? I mean, action sports is always going to be around. I think it's going to be, uh, I feel like it's even grown more and more because of the social media side of things. Yep. Um, I wonder still quite a bit actually on contests and like, mm -hmm. especially after this last year with uh, the whole pandemic is to see what exactly is going to happen with X Games and yep. um, any type of bigger contest, I think they're still going to do it. It might be a little bit more minimum on things. And uh, as you can see with like the Olympics, I think they did add BMX racing to yep. the Olympics, right? And, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, so I feel like it's going to keep growing. I just feel like social media, YouTube, and those type of things are going to be where the action sports are, is yeah. at more. Yeah. But um, I mean seeing whenever we do a, a show in Deadwood, people yeah. go crazy about it. And yeah. we had a crowd of about 3,000 people. And uh, and this was 2020 that we had a crowd that big. Yeah. And, um, of course it was, yeah, everybody was blown away. But um, yeah, I just feel like action sports is, is going to stick around. It's not yeah. going anywhere. It's just how it will go down the road is the way I feel is, um, yeah, more content. People yeah. are going to keep posting and, um, I mean, I follow so many action sport athletes, guys that I don't know yeah. from skateboarding to scooters to, yeah, pretty much anything. Snowboarding, yeah. it just, <sighs> if I see those things from a whole different uh, standpoint, then I feel like, yeah, it's going to, you know, everybody's going to keep following it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, have you been in X Games? Have you competed? I have not. Oh, no. okay. Yeah. I feel like maybe the year I had the chance was the year I got hurt uh at red bull x fighters and that gotcha. was a year that i was like oh i'm on top of my game yeah like i was i had sponsor or like people were reaching out to me on sponsors and then i got an invite to red bull x fighters and normally once you get the invite to red bull x fighters it kind of keeps going up from there and yeah um yeah i got hurt at red bull x fighters and i felt like i kind of lost that chance there and um of course i i love x games and yeah uh, I think there's still a chance if they don't, you know, change any of that part of it with the uh, FMX at least. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully one day still, and uh, I'll still chase after it no matter what. But yeah, until then, I just feel like, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure with FMX, basically anytime you don't land, you're getting injured. So what what are your worst injuries? Yeah. With um, FMX, it's, of course, you're falling from 
30 feet or higher. And yeah. uh, I would say the worst one was at Red Bull X Fighters when I broke my femur, 2012. Uh, I was in Dubai, so broken femur over there. All I had with me was a friend, mechanic, uh, helping me with the bike. Um, good thing it was a Red Bull event to yeah. be able to help out more on that and know that we were safe no matter what. Um, but yeah, I was in a hospital over there for about a week, surgery there, uh, came home, uh, back to California at that time. And then, uh, was it like closer to, by the time I was going to be healed up, which I tried to rush everything as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, we had a show in Sturges at that, that same year. So August, so April, 2012, I broke femur. I said, I was going to ride the show, uh, during the rally in yeah. August, I fully switched bikes from a 252 stroke to a 450. So I never even really rode the bike. I couldn't even kickstart it at the time. <laughs> so I was starting it with my hand, went out and rode the show and everything was good. And all of a sudden I just got super confident and uh, oh, probably over the limit. And last jump of the night, didn't even have to jump or anything. I thought, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just try the trick that I was doing uh, before I got hurt and tried it, ended up breaking tib and fib, same leg, oh, straight gosh. to the emergency room, uh, surgery again, same leg. So yeah, back-to-back -back injuries, 2012. That was a, a pretty tough one to try to overcome. And, yeah, it's got to um, be rough in yeah. the head. Yeah, oh, the mental mindset was, it was insane, tough. And it was so much, so many different things happened that year too. So it went from uh, a friend passing away at a at a show right in front of me uh, to uh, winning a contest in Costa Rica, which then got me the invite to Red Bull X Fighters, to getting hurt and then thinking, okay, I I overcame all that, so now I'll be fine. And then getting hurt again, it yeah. was just like crazy dreams and. Uh, <laughs> Can I catch yes. a break? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I'm like, how does this even work? Like, how can a body even handle all this? But um, yeah, it ended up still. Uh, I read a book actually, uh, Mind Gym, which was the coolest book, and it actually helped a ton. I feel like, and it, my manager at that time was the one that recommended that to yeah. me. And um, so yeah, if any athlete goes through a an issue, it's like read that book because that was a huge deal yeah. on that. And uh, but. I, out of all those injuries, I feel like my shoulder is still the worst one. I uh, haven't had surgery on it yet, but the dislocation of it, uh, yeah. it just, yeah, constantly irritating me. And uh, it's kind of just became a daily routine of it. So Yeah, I, I have had some so shoulder problems as well. And it's just kind of like randomly will dislocate and just it's really annoying. Yeah. Does it do it to you like yeah. midair? Yeah, yep. So I didn't crash or anything and yeah, it dislocated. And then now it's just paying attention. I don't do certain things that I was doing. Oh, uh, yeah. So now, yeah. And then I thought it was all good. And then it came out again. And then again, thought it was all right. And yeah, yeah. kept popping out. So um, now it's like, if I'm not constantly trying to keep the muscles as strong as possible, then it, yeah, it just pops out. It just out. popped out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, so you just had a daughter, correct? Yes. Not that long ago? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark, or sorry. May 29th of 2020. And um, so actually this whole last year was a great opportunity to be home to where yeah. 2020 was going to be the the busiest year that I think I would have ever had. Yeah. And uh, right before that, 
So as my wife was pregnant, uh, from December 8th until January 8th, I was in uh, Abu Dhabi for a full month. Yeah. Um, came home, we found out that, you know, we knew she was pregnant at the time, but we didn't know boy or girl. And then, yep. yeah, we found out uh, actually January 8th that uh, we were going to have a girl. And then, yeah, she was born May 29th. And um, crazy time with everything going on, just yeah. not knowing yep. at that time. But, uh, yeah, it all she's amazing and gosh it's makes it so much harder to leave now and yep yeah super lucky and good thing for my my wife to to be home and yep. know that yeah everything's good whenever i go and do shows yeah for uh i just think for new parents or people who are thinking about having their first kid um what kind of challenges have you faced and how has it kind of changed your mindset and it's just having a kid is a big it's a big milestone so how has it kind of changed you yeah, I feel like, I mean, of course it's going to be, I knew it'd be tough and I think everybody yeah. knows that. Uh, I don't really sleep that much anyways. I feel like I don't, I, I do just fine with less sleep, but um, of course need it here and there. But uh, at the same time, I think with riding and constantly being gone, that that has made it a little bit more tough on on the timing of things. If, if my wife has to work and, and she owns a, a salon, her and her sister own a salon here in Rapids. So, um, her managing and owning a business at the same time that I'm trying to run and do these things and trying yeah. to, well, during the, the whole pandemic is, uh, trying to find a babysitter or any of that was, yeah. uh, was of course tough, but, um, yeah, hands down to anybody that has more than one kid because it <laughs> is insane on, uh, I mean, it's not just set them down and go do something. So it's, yeah, constantly planning, which is, yeah. is all good. But, um, you know, letting, communicating with my wife on uh, how we're going to do it and who's going to do what. So, yeah, that's been a, a crazy, you know, deal with it. But as she's getting older, it's, it's yeah, hands down best thing ever. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait until she's able to come with me to shows or go out with me to go and ride and um, get to see more of that. And I'm like, no, no two wheels, but she already loves her Strider bike. And yep. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to stay in the family no matter what. Yeah. So. Well, with you doing it all the time, she's going to look up to yeah. you. So. Yeah. And I feel like she already knows like what to do without even showing her on a bicycle. So yeah, maybe she'll just build them and love them and yeah that's it (laughs) get her some golf clubs or or we'll talk to your sister about singing lessons yeah right um where do you see yourself in 10 years um you know as of right now i think uh writing i i said i was going to be done by the time i'm 30 well i'm 31 now yep uh i said i thought maybe things would slow down for shows and then it seemed like it picked up so it's hard to say exactly what uh, what I'll do with riding. Of course, it's always going to be here, and I always want to do it. Yeah. But more for uh, I want to be able to choose, pick and choose when I I'm going to go do a show, uh, which shows I will go do, um, and that's kind of how it is right now. And uh, we're in the process of uh, opening up a pretty big storage facility here in Rapid City, and um, that has taken. Yeah, quite a bit of time to do that. And that's going to yeah. be managing that and being there pretty much all the time. It's 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 going to seem like that at least. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, you know, it, in, <clears throat> with that in the works is uh, build that business, kind of get it up and running, have someone there that's going to uh, manage that, that we can, um, you know, 
rely on on that part of it. And then, uh, yeah, I feel like I have quite a bit of business plans in, in the works. And um, there's one that I've worked on since uh, that year I did get hurt in 2012. So um, it's just, yeah, the timing of it all. And yeah. uh, But, you know, as, yeah, writing's not going to be the thing that's going to be forever as yep. much as I do love it and I wish it could be that way. But um, I would like to be home more and, yeah, now having a daughter and uh, that part of it, I think, you know, is just creating a business and uh, trying to work more with, um, yeah, the the Rapid City Black Hills area. Awesome. Yeah, um, that kind of brings me to my next question, which is what should we be looking for from you? Um, I mean, we're I pretty much am going to try to focus uh, on creating a little bit more of a uh, race type series here in, uh, South Dakota, nice. which would be up in Deadwood. And, uh, we're actually doing one September 11th, almost as our, yeah, that's going to be the first one. Uh, nice. so we'll have the freestyle show in June and then a motocross race in September. And, um, we're going to kind of see how that goes to where if we could kind of create a points type deal, uh, in Deadwood, um, do it twice a year, two day event. And then from there, um, if we could bring it down to the civic center and just kind of create more of a place for kids to race. And, yeah, uh, we don't sure. have the best riding spots. I feel like, yeah. um, we definitely need it. So, uh, hopefully, you know, that's the thing is I, I, I love action sports. So anything that has to do with action sports, I'm committing fully to yeah. that. And that's what I want to, uh, to still chase after, um, I would love to promote shows elsewhere that I kind of have a plan for, but yeah. it's not a full, because uh, it's still going to be traveling. Yep. So yeah. I love the traveling part, but if wife and daughter can't come to it, that's what makes it tough. So, yes. um, but there are some plans with that and um, I kind of, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll get something figured out that I've been working on for a long time. And, um, and I think that's where like guys like you and yeah. uh, Cody and, um, the whole action sports community in Rapid City come together and yeah, create something that's going to be yeah. yeah the best for our area. That would be that. That's the goal. So yeah. hopefully we can get something going. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I feel um, like it's needed so bad. Oh, it here. is. Yeah. yeah, it's it's needed so. so bad. There's just not enough of it. Yeah. Um, if you, what would you tell yourself at twenty when you were twenty, or what would you tell twenty oh. year olds getting into <clears throat> FMX? So any. I've learned so much over the last five years that it's been insane that yeah. I, I, I try to tell this to my little nephews who are 14 and 11, maybe in 14 and 12, but yeah. it's like things I wish I would have known, of course, and things all work out for a reason, but um, I was making such good money with with riding freestyle motocross, and I think it's just like any sport, any yeah. football player, they make money and then they kind of, I never grew up around that part of it to know about investing or, um, 2000, what was it? Eight, nine, whenever the whole, uh, everything went way downhill, houses were for sale. Yeah. Um, I wish at that time would have known about rental properties or, yep. or any of that, which I think that's a, a huge key. I didn't learn that in school and, um, nobody really, brought that up even about like to invest your money or, um, not really to save it, but to put it towards your retirement or, um, or Roth IRA, those type of deals. Um, yeah. and now, you know, <clears throat> of course, having business partners on this storage facility, 
I see these numbers that are just crazy to, to, to know of. Yeah. And I don't really say anything because I don't know, but I'm just watching how it kind of goes together. Yeah. And it's like, I feel as an athlete, you could practice all the time and focus on that, but also focus on what you would also create for your future yeah. type deal. And that's what I think is, um, is a big thing. And I, I think kids need it and, uh, more teenagers than anything is to, to kind of know on that, uh, there was a book I that uh, someone, my father-in-law gave me, which was Rich yeah. Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've ever read that. I haven't one. read oh, it, no. It's amazing because it, it really explains like so much about life and yeah. what you're kind of investing in type deal. And um, so, yeah, now knowing that, it's like if I could push this down the line of saying, hey, ride and do what you want to do, but also try to do this. And, yeah. and also know that if there's an opportunity – to chase after it because yeah, the last 10 years has flown by. And yeah. um, I think so many people say that, that yeah, time starts going quicker and quicker and uh, that's for sure. So I'm all about like chasing after that opportunity. If you want to do something, just, just do it. Just it's, do it. Yeah, yep. It's a hundred percent worth it. And um, you'll never be upset. And the whole uh, thinking about uh, regretting something is, is not a, the best feeling. So it's like, just get out, do it, figure out what it's going to take and, um, yeah, create what you want to create and yeah, bring it to, to life. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing is like, if you can't be afraid of failure, because if you're afraid of failure, then you won't try. If you fail, like you go on to the next thing, like yeah. whatever. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Do you have any rental and, properties? Uh, we actually do right now. We have one. Uh, I did have one in, uh, in this area as well that I sold, uh, last year. Um, so I rented that out for three years, sold it. Uh, this one we have now we're renting out, uh, it's a duplex. Um, yeah. and then, uh, we'll probably end up selling that here within the next couple months kind of plan. And then, um, I've always been a huge fan of commercial buildings. Yep. So that's hopefully the next step is, uh, yeah. we love the rental properties and we think that it's great, but we also want to try to go more into, um, commercial style buildings and kind of a bigger building. Um, and I think that that's, yeah, a, again, something that's in the works and I think it's all going to work out. And, uh, but yeah, it's, there's so much to still learn I feel yeah. like with it, but, um, yeah, the commercial industry, I feel like is so cool to see and, um, I'm a huge fan of it. So yeah. And that's, so we'll still be in the rental business, but kind of more, uh, focused on commercial style. Yeah. How did you go about getting started in that? Because I'm really interested in getting started on like learning about how to get rental properties and that and kind of stuff. Yeah. That's where that Rich Dad, Poor Dad okay. book, I feel like they explain so much to it and um, it makes you really understand. That guy that uh, wrote the book, actually, I forgot how many rental houses he has, but at the time of the whole 2008, 2009, when everything was super low, yeah. he went and bought all these houses in Arizona Um I want to say Arizona was like his main spot, but gotcha. so many rental properties. And I'm like, man, how, why didn't it someone recommend yeah. <laughs> this back then? But, um, I feel like it, I kind of came about it whenever I bought my house here in, uh, 2015. Yeah. I don't know a, a ton about the industry, um, but learning it from family and friends that, that do have quite a bit of rental properties and seeing that is, um, they kind of even someone told me about the Burr strategy, which was like buy, renovate, refinance, and there's something else to it. But there's a whole podcast on that as well. Yeah. Um, 
And that's what I almost feel like I did with my uh, house that I bought is I bought it, fixed it all up, lived in it for a while, and then I rented it out for a couple of years and then I sold it. Nice. And um, it all worked out. Of course, with the market going up like crazy, it's uh, it's kind of a little bit tougher to, to jump on something yeah. because people have cash offers and they're offering more than what people are even oh, yeah. uh, putting their houses up for. <laughs> so, right now it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's the other thing is I just feel like there's so much out there to know about it that yeah. so many people are talking about it now. And there's a Bigger Pockets uh, podcast, which yeah. they explain a ton on okay. uh, rental properties. And um, that's kind of how the storage unit deal came up is we okay. were talking about it. And then uh, um, a family member had property. And um, so, yeah, buying that property from them and then, yeah, going to create that to yeah, kind of be more in that industry as well. So... Um, and yeah, we have a ton of storage units in Rapid City, yeah. Area, but yeah, it yeah. should still do pretty good. And um, lots of people be, have lots of stuff around. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I pay for a storage unit, which a classic car that needs to be restored is sitting in there, and yeah, I've had it for shoot four years now, and I'm like, why do I have that again? And it's like, oh well, I don't have time to move everything out of it. So. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like you know, there's so much to learn. I can't. Yeah, don't know all the advice on on rental properties, and it's just uh, there is a spreadsheet type deal to to yep. know if your uh, return in, of investment is going to be good on it, and yeah. um, that's kind of what was recommended to us on it. So, um, but yeah, should, gotcha. it's a, yeah, another one of those things. You just gotta chase after it and get yep. to it before that other person does. Yeah. Um, do you have any other investments that you like to look at, stocks um, or crypto or anything on those lines? I mean, I kind of look at the crypto side of things only because it was brought up and it became yep. so big it seems yeah. like but it's not something that i uh have done and okay. um i just like to see it almost because it's like a gamble on yep. those type of deals um i actually did just start uh met with a guy here in rapid city who uh, got me a investment account opened up and uh, we started that so I don't know a ton about it. There's yeah. so much to learn again. And yep. and those are things that I wish I would have known at that younger age to be yeah. like, oh, I, sh I should have put into this. And of course, like he told me is like, when's the best time in to invest? And he said, uh, when you're thinking about it and when you have the money to do it. So it's like, man, yep. why don't they tell this to people <laughs> so much sooner? Right? So uh, yeah, it's like talking to him, knowing... But I see things. I'm like, I don't, I look at the, the stock deal on, on your phone whenever you swipe over and you yeah. see it and you're like, well, I think it's doing good. It's in the green. Yeah, right. So, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't understand enough about it to say, oh, I'm going to go and invest in this yes. or invest in that type deal. So yep. yeah, but in the, yeah, trying to learn all these things at once, it definitely. There's yeah. a lot that, oh, there's a lot gosh, out there. Man. The more yeah. you learn, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah he even said, it, he told me, he's like, you could watch the stock market if you want and see what it's going to do. But what are you going to, like, are you going to, you don't want to really pull out of it just because you think it's going downhill or any of yeah. that. So, um, like I told him, I'm, I'm in it for the long run and, yep. uh, I don't think I would, I don't get nervous about things like some, I feel some people do on like yeah. thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a, um, have to pull out right now to try to yeah. know, make sure I'm good and safe. So I'm all about taking the the risky side of things and we'll just see what happens. And yeah. yeah. Well, I have one more question for you. Yep. And uh, 
what is your meaning of life and what makes you click? My meaning of life, gosh. Yeah, I got to go deep good. for the yeah. last one. <laughs> yeah, my meaning of life is, um, you know, live live life to the fullest. And uh, if, like we were saying is if you're going to take a risk, just do it and, and yeah. just know like it, the mental mindset is the biggest part of, of anything in action yep. sports and any type of business is, uh, and if you can create that team to be a part of it as well, that's going to be a, a big plus. And, um, but yeah, keeping that mental mindset straight, knowing that, uh, things are going to work out no matter what, don't let yourself, uh, feel down or out just because something didn't work out. And, um, I feel like you hear it a, a, so many times from, uh, other podcasts or other people talking about it is how many times were some of these massive companies told no that, yeah. um, yeah, it's like, shoot, I'm just going to yeah, risk it all and, and see what happens instead of not risking it. So yeah, I'd say live it up and yeah, go after what you want and, um, yeah, just do it. Awesome. So, and what was the, the other one to that? Uh, Sorry, was, the, I, I said, uh, what, what makes you click? Yeah, man. What, what, mean, here's one more actually. Um, what kind of did you do before you kind of found some traction in FMX? Um, I mean, I was kind of all over the place. So I, I actually, uh, dropped out of high school and okay. uh, wanted to chase after the dream of, yep. of being a freestyle motocross rider. And, and that's where I feel like the visual mindset of, uh, as a kid, all my whole room and everything was filled of posters of all, pretty much all these guys I ride with now. And, yeah. um, so that's where I f- think like, uh, you know, I said I wasn't going to stop until I got there to where I wanted to be. And, um, so yeah, I feel like that, uh, I worked so many different jobs trying to just make sure that I was still going to be able to ride, um, and just tried different things. And, uh, you know, those, yeah, those weren't lifetime careers. I felt like to where, yeah, I wanted to say, take the chance and and go ride. So, um, but yeah, and BMX riding growing up, that was like, I thought, uh, well, shoot, if I don't ride dirt bikes, I'll ride BMX. But before that yeah. was uh, baseball, and I thought I was going to be a baseball player. And yeah. then I got a dirt bike and BMX bike, and it all changed from there. And so. you're like, okay, I found it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, anything action sports, I feel like that is like my connection to it all is uh, just seeing it in kids and, and anyone that does it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Carter FMX on Instagram, Carter FMX on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Carter FMX. Uh, we're just trying to get that built up now. So, okay. um, in the works of it, but, um, awesome. yeah, any social media Carter FMX is what I've gone with for the last few years. Where and, do we, where do we follow the Deadwood all in show? Uh, Deadwood all in on Instagram, uh, Deadwood moto, uh, on there. Deadwood uh, Freestyle on Facebook. And then, um, yeah, that's all connected to my uh, YouTube as, okay. as well. And uh, we'll be posting more on that um, as time comes. And yeah, deadwoodallin.com to get tickets or anything for that. Awesome. Oh. Sweet. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Yeah. I know you got a lot going sure. on. Yeah, all so, good. No, this is awesome. You're yeah. creating some <laughs> super cool stuff. So. Sweet. Thank you. Excited. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you, James. Thanks.